Matthew chapter 19 When Jesus finished teaching, he left Galilee and went to the part of Judea that is east of the Jordan River. Large crowds followed him, and he healed their sick people. Some Pharisees wanted to test Jesus. They came up to him and asked, Is it right for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Jesus answered, Don't you know that in the beginning the Creator made a man and a woman? That's why a man leaves his father and mother and gets married. He becomes like one person with his wife. Then they are no longer two people, but one. And no one should separate a couple that God has joined together. The Pharisees asked Jesus, Why did Moses say that a man could write out divorce papers and send his wife away? Jesus replied, You are so heartless. That's why Moses allowed you to divorce your wife. But from the beginning, God did not intend it to be that way. I say that if your wife has not committed some terrible sexual sin, you must not divorce her to marry someone else. If you do, you are unfaithful. The disciples said, If that's how it is between a man and a woman, it's better not to get married. Jesus told them, Only those people who have been given the gift of staying single can accept this teaching. Some people are unable to marry because of birth defects or because of what someone has done to their bodies. Others stay single for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. Anyone who can accept this teaching should do so. Some people brought their children to Jesus so that he could place his hands on them and pray for them. His disciples told the people to stop bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the children come to me and don't try to stop them. People who are like these children belong to God's kingdom. After Jesus had placed his hands on the children, he left. A man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? Only God is good. If you want to have eternal life, you must obey his commandments. Which ones? The man asked. Jesus answered, Do not murder. Be faithful in marriage. Do not steal. Do not tell lies about others. Respect your father and mother. And love others as much as you love yourself. The young man said, I have obeyed all of these. What else must I do? Jesus replied, If you want to be perfect, go sell everything you own. Give the money to the poor and you will have riches in heaven. Then come and be my follower. When the young man heard this, he was sad because he was very rich. Jesus said to his disciples, It's terribly hard for rich people to get into the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get into God's kingdom. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly surprised and asked, How can anyone ever be saved? Jesus looked straight at them and said, There are some things that people cannot do, but God can do anything. Peter replied, Remember, we have left everything to be your followers. What will we get? Jesus answered, Yes, all of you have become my followers. And so in the future world, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, I promise that you will sit on twelve thrones to judge the twelve tribes of Israel. All who have given up home, or brothers and sisters, or father and mother, or children, or land for me, will be given a hundred times as much. 
they will also have eternal life. But many who are now first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Matthew chapter 20 As Jesus was telling what the kingdom of heaven would be like, he said, Early one morning, a man went out to hire some workers for his vineyard. After he had agreed to pay them the usual amount for a day's work, he sent them off to his vineyard. About nine that morning, the man saw some other people standing in the market with nothing to do. He said he would pay them what was fair if they would work in his vineyard. So they went. At noon, and again about three in the afternoon, he returned to the market, and each time he made the same agreement with others who were loafing around with nothing to do. Finally, about five in the afternoon, the man went back and found some others standing there. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. Then he told them to go work in his vineyard. That evening, the owner of the vineyard told the man in charge of the workers to call them in and give them their money. He also told the man to begin with the ones who were hired last. When the workers arrived, the ones who'd been hired at five in the afternoon were given a full day's pay. The workers who'd been hired first thought they'd be given more than the others. But when they were given the same, they began complaining to the owner of the vineyard. They said the ones who were hired last worked for only one hour, but you paid them the same that you did us. And we worked in the hot sun all day long. The owner answered one of them. Friend, I didn't cheat you. I paid you exactly what we agreed on. Take your money now and go. What business is it of yours if I want to pay them the same that I paid you? Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Why should you be jealous if I want to be generous? Jesus then said, So it is. Everyone who is now first will be last, and everyone who is last will be first. As Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, he took his twelve disciples aside and told them in private, We are now on our way to Jerusalem, where the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses. They will sentence him to death, and then they will hand him over to foreigners who will make fun of him. They will beat him and nail him to a cross, but on the third day he will rise from death. The mother of James and John came to Jesus with her two sons. She knelt down and started begging him to do something for her. Jesus asked her what she wanted, and she said, When you come into your kingdom, please let one of my sons sit at your right side and the other at your left. Jesus answered, Not one of you knows what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I must soon drink from? James and John said, Yes, we are. Jesus replied, you certainly will drink from my cup, but it isn't for me to say who will sit at my right side and at my left. That is for my father to say. When the ten other disciples heard this, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called the disciples together and said, You know that foreign rulers like to order their people around, and their great leaders have full power over everyone they rule. But don't act like them. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. And if you want to be first, you must be the slave of the rest. The Son of Man did not come to be a slave master, but a slave who will give his life to rescue many people. Jesus was followed by a large crowd as he and his disciples were leaving Jericho. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. 
And when they heard that Jesus was coming their way, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have pity on us. The crowd told them to be quiet, but they shouted even louder. Lord, son of David, have pity on us. Have pity on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and asked, What do you want me to do for you? They answered, Lord, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Right away they could see, and they became his followers. Matthew chapter 21 When Jesus and his disciples came near Jerusalem, he went to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives and sent two of them on ahead. He told them, Go into the next village, where you will at once find a donkey and her colt. Untie the two donkeys and bring them to me. If anyone asks why you are doing that, just say, The Lord needs them. Right away he will let you have the donkeys. So, God's promise came true, just as the prophet had said. Announce to the people of Jerusalem, Your king is coming to you. He is humble and he rides on a donkey. He comes on the colt of a donkey. The disciples left and did what Jesus had told them to do. They brought the donkey and its colt and laid some clothes on their backs. Then Jesus got on. Many people spread clothes in the road, while others put down branches which they'd cut from trees. Some people walked ahead of Jesus, and others followed behind. They were all shouting, Hooray for the son of David! God bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hooray for God in heaven above! When Jesus came to Jerusalem, everyone in the city was excited and asked, who can this be? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus went into the temple and chased out everyone who was selling or buying. He turned over the tables of the money changers and the benches of the ones who were selling doves. He told them, The scriptures say, My house should be called a place of worship, but you have turned it into a place where robbers hide. Blind and lame people came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. But the chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses were angry when they saw his miracles and heard the children shouting praises to the son of David. The men said to Jesus, Don't you hear what those children are saying? Yes, I do, Jesus answered. Don't you know that the scriptures say children and infants will sing praises? Then Jesus left the city and went out to the village of Bethany where he spent the night. When Jesus got up, the next morning he was hungry. He started out for the city, and along the way he saw a fig tree. But when he came to it, he found only leaves and no figs. So he told the tree, You will never again grow any fruit. Right then the fig tree dried up. The disciples were shocked when they saw how quickly the tree had dried up. But Jesus said to them, if you have faith and don't doubt, I promise that you can do what I did to this tree, and you will be able to do even more. You can tell this mountain to get up and jump into the sea, and it will. If you have faith when you pray, you will be given whatever you ask for. Jesus had gone into the temple and was teaching when the chief priests and the leaders of the people came up to him. They asked, What right do you have to do these things? Who gave you this authority? Jesus answered, I have just one question to ask you. If you answer it, I will tell you where I got the right to do these things. Who gave John the right to baptise? Was it God in heaven, or merely some human being? They thought it over, and said to each other, We can't say that God gave John this right. 
Jesus will ask us why we didn't believe John. On the other hand, these people think that John was a prophet, and we are afraid of what they might do to us. That's why we can't say that it was merely some human who gave John the right to baptize. So they told Jesus. We don't know. Jesus said, Then I won't tell you who gave me the right to do what I do. Jesus said, I will tell you a story about a man who had two sons. Then you can tell me what you think. The father went to the older son and said, Go work in the vineyard today. His son told him that he would not do it, but later he changed his mind and went. The man then told his younger son to go work in the vineyard. The boy said he would, but he didn't go. Which one of the sons obeyed his father? The older one. The chief priests and leaders answered. Then Jesus told them, You can be sure that tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you ever will. When John the Baptist showed you how to do right, you would not believe him. But these evil people did believe, and even when you saw what they did, you would not change your minds and believe. Jesus told the chief priests and leaders to listen to this story. A landowner once planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it and dug a pit to crush the grapes in. He also built a lookout tower. Then he rented out his vineyard and left the country. When it was harvest time, the owner sent some servants to get his share of the grapes. But the renters grabbed those servants. They beat up one, killed one and stoned one of them to death. He then sent more servants than he did the first time. But the renters treated them in the same way. Finally, the owner sent his own son to the renters because he thought they would respect him. But when they saw the man's son, they said, Some day he will own the vineyard. Let's kill him. Then we can have it all for ourselves. So they grabbed him, threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Jesus asked, When the owner of that vineyard comes, what do you suppose he will do to those renters? The chief priests and the leaders answered, He'll kill them in some horrible way. Then he'll rent out his vineyard to people who will give him his share of grapes at harvest time. Jesus replied, You surely know that the scriptures say, The stone that the builders tossed aside is now the most important stone of all. This is something the Lord has done, and it is amazing to us. I tell you that God's kingdom will be taken from you and given to people who will do what he demands. Anyone who stumbles over this stone will be crushed, and anyone it falls on will be smashed to pieces. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard these stories, they knew that Jesus was talking about them. So they looked for a way to arrest Jesus, but they were afraid to, because the people thought he was a prophet. Matthew chapter 22 Once again, Jesus used stories to teach the people. The kingdom of heaven is like what happened when a king gave a wedding banquet for his son. The king sent some servants to tell the invited guests to come to the banquet, but the guests refused. He sent other servants to say to the guests, The banquet is ready. My cattle and prize calves have all been prepared. Everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests did not pay any attention. Some of them left for their farms and some went to their places of business. Others grabbed the servants, then beat them up and killed them. This made the king so furious that he sent an army to kill those murderers and burn down their city. Then he said to the servants, It is time for the wedding banquet. 
and the invited guests don't deserve to come. Go out to the street corners and tell everyone you meet to come to the banquet. They went out on the streets and brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet room was filled with guests. When the king went in to meet the guests, he found that one of them wasn't wearing the right kind of clothes for the wedding. The king asked, Friend, why didn't you wear proper clothes for the wedding? But the guest had no excuse. So the king gave orders for that person to be tied hand and foot and to be thrown outside into the dark. That's where people will cry and grip their teeth in pain. Many are invited, but only a few are chosen. The Pharisees got together and planned how they could trick Jesus into saying something wrong. They sent some of their followers and some of Herod's followers to say to him, Teacher, we know that you are honest. You teach the truth about what God wants people to do. And you treat everyone with the same respect, no matter who they are. Tell us what you think. Should we pay taxes to the emperor or not? Jesus knew their evil thoughts and said, Why are you trying to test me, you show-offs? Let me see one of the coins used for paying taxes. They brought him a silver coin, and he asked, Whose picture and name are on it? The emperor's, they answered. Then Jesus told them, Give the emperor what belongs to him, and give God what belongs to God. His answer surprised them so much that they walked away. The Sadducees did not believe that people would rise to life after death. So, that same day, some of the Sadducees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, Moses wrote that if a married man dies and has no children, his brother should marry the widow. Their first son would then be thought of as the son of the dead brother. And once there were seven brothers who lived here. The first one married but died without having any children. So his wife was left to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brothers, and finally to all seven of them. At last, the woman died. When God raises people from death, whose wife will this woman be? She'd be married to all seven brothers. Jesus answered, You are completely wrong. You don't know what the scriptures teach, and you don't know anything about the power of God. When God raises people to life, they won't marry. They will be like the angels in heaven. And as for people being raised to life, God was speaking to you when he said, I am the God worshipped by Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He isn't the God of the dead, but of the living. The crowds were surprised to hear what Jesus was teaching. After Jesus had made the Sadducees look foolish, the Pharisees heard about it and got together. One of them was an expert in the Jewish law, so he tried to test Jesus by asking, but Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. This is the first and most important commandment. The second most important commandment is like this one. And it is, Love others as much as you love yourself. All the law of Moses and the books of the prophets are based on these two commandments. While the Pharisees were still there, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose family will he come from? They answered, He will be a son of King David. 
Jesus replied, How then could the Spirit lead David to call the Messiah his Lord? David said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right side until I make your enemies into a footstool for you. If David called the Messiah his Lord, how can the Messiah be a son of King David? No one was able to give Jesus an answer. And from that day on, no one dared ask him any more questions. Matthew chapter 23 Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The Pharisees and the teachers of the law are experts in the law of Moses. So obey everything they teach you, but don't do as they do. After all, they say one thing and do something else. They pile heavy burdens on people's shoulders and won't lift a finger to help. Everything they do is just to show off in front of others. They even make a big show of wearing scripture verses on their foreheads and arms, and they wear big tassels for everyone to see. They love the best seats at banquets and the front seats in the meeting places, and when they are in the market they like to have people greet them as their teachers. But none of you should be called a teacher. You have only one teacher, and all of you are like brothers and sisters. Don't call anyone on earth your father. All of you have the same father in heaven. None of you should be called the leader. The Messiah is your only leader. Whoever is the greatest should be the servant of the others. If you put yourself above others, you will be put down. But if you humble yourself, you will be honoured. You Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses are in for trouble. You're nothing but show-offs. You lock people out of the kingdom of heaven. You won't go in yourselves, and you keep others from going in. You Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses are in for trouble. You're nothing but show-offs. You travel over land and sea to win one follower, and when you have done so, you make that person twice as fit for hell as you are. You are in for trouble. You're supposed to lead others, but you are blind. You teach that it doesn't matter if a person swears by the temple but you say that it does matter if someone swears by the gold in the temple. You blind fools! Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also teach that it doesn't matter if a person swears by the altar, but you say that it does matter if someone swears by the gift on the altar. Are you blind? Which is more important, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Anyone who swears by the altar also swears by everything on it, and anyone who swears by the temple also swears by God, who lives there. To swear by heaven is the same as swearing by God's throne, and by the one who sits on that throne. You Pharisees and teachers are show-offs, and you're in for trouble. You give God a tenth of the spices from your garden, such as mint, dill, and cumin. Yet you neglect the more important matters of the law, such as justice, mercy and faithfulness. These are the important things you should have done, though you should not have left the others undone either. You blind leaders! You strain out a small fly but swallow a camel! You Pharisees and teachers are show-offs, and you're in for trouble. You wash the outside of your cups and dishes, while inside there is nothing but greed and selfishness. You blind Pharisee! 
First, clean the inside of a cup, and then the outside will also be clean. You Pharisees and teachers are in for trouble. You're nothing but show-offs. You're like tombs that have been whitewashed. On the outside they are beautiful, but inside they are full of bones and filth. That's what you are like. Outside you look good, but inside you are evil and only pretend to be good. You Pharisees and teachers are nothing but show-offs, and you're in for trouble. You build monuments for the prophets and decorate the tombs of good people. And you claim that you would not have taken part with your ancestors in killing the prophets, but you prove that you really are the relatives of the ones who killed the prophets. So keep on doing everything they did. You are nothing but snakes and the children of snakes. How can you escape going to hell? I will send prophets and wise people and experts in the law of Moses to you, but you will kill them or nail them to a cross, or beat them in your meeting places, or chase them from town to town. That's why you will be held guilty for the murder of every good person, beginning with the good man Abel. This also includes Barachiah's son Zechariah, the man you murdered between the temple and the altar. I can promise that you people living today will be punished for all these things. Jerusalem! Jerusalem! Your people have killed the prophets and have stoned the messengers who were sent to you. I have often wanted to gather your people as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you wouldn't let me, and now your temple will be deserted. You won't see me again until you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew Chapter 24 After Jesus left the temple, his disciples came over and said, Look at all these buildings! Jesus replied, Do you see these buildings? They will certainly be torn down. Not one stone will be left in place. Later, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him in private and asked, When will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Jesus answered, Don't let anyone fool you. Many will come and claim to be me. They will say that they are the Messiah, and they will fool many people. You will soon hear about wars and threats of wars, but don't be afraid. These things will have to happen first, but that isn't the end. Nations and kingdoms will go to war against each other. People will starve to death, and in some places there will be earthquakes. But this is just the beginning of troubles. You will be arrested, punished, and even killed. Because of me, you will be hated by people of all nations. Many will give up and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will come and fool a lot of people. Evil will spread and cause many people to stop loving others. But if you keep on being faithful right to the end, you will be saved. When the good news about the kingdom has been preached all over the world and told to all nations, the end will come. Some day you will see that horrible thing in the holy place, just as the prophet Daniel said. Everyone who reads this must try to understand. If you are living in Judea at that time, run to the mountains. If you are on the roof of your house, don't go inside to get anything. If you are out in the field, don't go back for your coat. 
It will be a terrible time for women who are expecting babies or nursing young children. And pray that you won't have to escape in winter or on a Sabbath. This will be the worst time of suffering since the beginning of the world, and nothing this terrible will ever happen again. If God doesn't make the time shorter, no one will be left alive, but because of God's chosen ones, he will make the time shorter. Someone may say, here is the Messiah, or there he is, but don't believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will come and work great miracles and signs. They will even try to fool God's chosen ones. But I have warned you ahead of time. If you are told that the Messiah is out in the desert, don't go there. And if you are told that he is in some secret place, don't believe it. The coming of the Son of Man will be like lightning that can be seen from east to west. Where there is a corpse, there will always be buzzards. Right after those days of suffering, the sun will become dark and the moon will no longer shine. The stars will fall and the powers in the sky will be shaken. Then a sign will appear in the sky and there will be the Son of Man. All nations on earth will weep when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. At the sound of a loud trumpet he will send his angels to bring his chosen ones together from all over the earth. Learn a lesson from a fig tree. When its branches sprout and start putting out leaves, you know that summer is near. So when you see all these things happening, you will know that the time has almost come. I can promise you that some of the people of this generation will still be alive when all this happens. The sky and the earth won't last forever, but my words will. No one knows the day or hour. The angels in heaven don't know, and the Son himself doesn't know. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man appears, things will be just as they were when Noah lived. People were eating, drinking and getting married right up to the day when the flood came and Noah went into the big boat. They didn't know anything was happening until the flood came and swept them all away. That is how it will be when the Son of Man appears. Two men will be in the same field, but only one will be taken. The other will be left. Two women will be together grinding grain, but only one will be taken. The other will be left. So be on your guard. You don't know when your Lord will come. Homeowners never know when a thief is coming, and they are always on guard to keep one from breaking in. Always be ready. You don't know when the Son of Man will come. Who are faithful and wise servants? Who are the ones the master will put in charge of giving the other servants their food supplies at the proper time? Servants are fortunate if their master comes and finds them doing their job. You may be sure that a servant who is always faithful will be put in charge of everything the master owns. But suppose one of the servants thinks that the master won't return until late. Suppose that evil servant starts beating the other servants and eats and drinks with people who are drunk. If that happens, the master will come on a day and at a time when the servant least expects him. That servant will then be punished and thrown out with the ones who only pretended to serve their master. There they will cry and grit their teeth in pain. <laughs>